0: Now entering the Bitcoin Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to the Law and Blockchain Podcast, hosted by Amy Wan, CEO of Sagewise, a safety net for smart contracts and consultant for Security Token Academy.
0: Hi, this is Amy Wan. Founder and CEO of SageWise. You are tuning into the Law and Blockchain Podcast. I am delighted to welcome here uh Howard Marks, co-founder and CEO of Start Engine Crowdfunding today. Howard and I actually know each other from the crowdfunding industry. Uh we've known each other for a couple years, but Howard, you know, has a an amazing background. Uh, before Start Engine, he was founder and CEO of Acclaim Games, which is now part of the Walt Disney Company. And before that, he was over at Activision Blizzard as their chairman, their board member, their co founder. And that's turned into a $30 billion um, video game industry leader. Um, and the reason why I've invited Howard is because the, the first couple episodes of this podcast. We're just going to tackle some low-hanging fruit, and that low-hanging fruit is security tokens. Everyone's talking about them, and there's definitely a lot of hype. But you know, what I really wanted to dig into for this particular episode was to allow Howard um, to basically set the tone for that for what the industry looks like. What does it look like today, and what are we looking at for the future? Um, for security tokens. So so Howard, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, Amy. My pleasure.
0: (laughs) So Howard, can you go ahead and paint a picture for us? What does the securities industry look like today without blockchain, without tokens?
1: Okay, well, here's what's going on. If you take this whole cryptocurrency and tokens out of the way, And you say, okay, well, has the security industry evolved since uh, the forming of the Security Exchange Commission in 1934? Yes. There's one event that has been extremely important, which is called the JOBS Act that was voted in April 2012. It's a major rethink of how companies raise capital. It changes a lot of the rules, including allowing you to go on the internet using email, Facebook, any other any electronics means to promote an offering which means raising money. And until the Jobs Act none of this was possible. So in many ways we are here today lucky of the recipient of something that allows the industry, the securities industry, to operate in the modern time.
0: Fantastic. And so, you know, with the advent of ICOs back in 2017, um, there came forward this concept of tokens, you know, and, and whether you're calling them utility tokens, whether you're calling them security tokens, there was this myth, I suppose, that was painted that, okay, now because we have tokens, We have so much more liquidity. Is that true?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It is true. So those UT tokens, which is a piece of software on a blockchain, actually is amazing because the companies are able to find tens of thousands of people interested in owning them. And then what they do is they say, look, I'll tell you what, if you buy my tokens at a high discount, heavily discounted, so the early people get a huge discount, You know, maybe 50% off, 75% off, 90% off. Then the next batch of people come in and say, oh yeah, you know what, I'll invest and they'll get half off. And eventually the, the, the majority of people will pay whatever the offering uh, price was. And then the company says, oh, you know what, great news. We're going to list our, our token on all these exchanges. And here's a list of the exchanges who will take it. So now you'll be able to sell them for, you know, whatever, five times more money than what you paid for them the next day. And that really is the business.
0: So what is it about tokens or blockchain that makes all of this so much more liquid?
1: Well, it turns out um, when you sell a token, which is a piece of software, it's really easy to do. So what do you do? is you put up a website and you say, hey, I'm going to sell you my tokens. And the way you can buy them mm-hmm. is you put in some, you transfer some Bitcoin amount to this address, or you can uh, go to your uh, e- Ethereum wallet, use one of the, um, I would say, MetaMask or my Ethereum wallet uh, um, programs, and you can transfer to another address some Ether, a certain amount, and then you're going to get back tokens. And those tokens, again, you can sell them on these websites They call themselves exchanges. And all of this is possible because you're bypassing all of the existing security laws, all of the existing banking laws. Literally, it's like a big video game. There's no rules. There are no rules. What the company's telling you may be true may not be true they could be a scammer not a scammer no one knows no one really cares so it is basically completely lawless completely open to anybody and and and, and what it has demonstrated the proof that people want to invest in new ideas and because it was done in a way that it has no rules it's easy you don't have to say who you are you can just go and throw your money at it and if you're lucky you make a lot of money if you don't we'll move on to the next one
0: so I want to get a little bit more in depth now into the nitty-gritty of how the securities industry works and there's this organization um, I believe they're called DTCC right and basically their function um, for the securities industry today is they basically hold this ledger of of who owns, you know, what stocks for, you know, basically everything listed on the public markets. Can you can you talk more about that and how they might be being disrupted with security tokens?
1: Sure. So what happened was the securities industry decided, look, we need to become a little bit more modern. In the past, people when they bought shares in a company, they got a beautiful stock certificate. It's beautiful because it usually is printed in beautiful ink with lots of uh, nice designs and then and your name is beautifully written and it says you own you know 500 shares of ibm or whatever and that stock certificate is is a piece of paper that in many ways could be viewed as currency because you can go and walk into a a broker's firm or a bank and say hey i have this stock certificate and i would like to sell it and then they have a process for finding a buyer and etc and then you get the cash right So DTC came out with this notion that they can automate and create a more liquid market by allowing people not to have stock certificates anymore. What they did is they said, look, what you can do is you can bring your stock certificates to the brokerage firm and then they will bring them in and they're going to put them under their name. So Wells Fargo brokerage firm will say, okay, um, those 500 shares of IBM are now in my name, and you are the beneficiary. So, then what they do is they go to this DTC and they explain to DTC that they they are gonna put in their name 500 shares of IBM, and it's gonna be Howard Marks the beneficiary. And DTC manages that entire complex uh, uh, ledger, understanding who owns what and when companies want to sell, I mean, let's say the brokerage firm decides my client wants to sell, the client is not really selling, it's them, they're the ones selling their shares.
0: Interesting, and so let's fast forward to a future 5, 10, 20 years from now, however long it's going to take, and let's assume the security token industry is now in full swing. Is there still a DTCC?
1: Well, it's interesting that you asked that question because it turns out the transfer agent, the, the idea of a transfer agent is actually part of our security laws. So the Security Exchange Commission requires any company that actually tracks the ownership of shares as a business to be registered with the SEC. If they wanna work with public companies and now it's not obligated but it, but it is recommended even for private companies, for, for those who are using the Jobs Act. Um, uh, for Regulation A+, plus, they have to use a registered transfer agent. And for that's where you can raise up to 50 million dollars from the general public. And for regulation crowdfunding, it's up to a million. It's not required, but it's recommended because you know if someone wants to sell their shares, you know, you have to call the company and then bother the company, tell them, hey, I want to sell them and I found a buyer. It's too much work. So in practical terms, the, 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 the transfer agent exists. So now if the, the rules change, the laws change, so you go to Congress and you lobby Congress and say, look, we should not use transfer agents. It should be in the blockchain instead of in these companies that have databases and the lawmakers pass a new bill, and that bill gets signed by the president, and then it's sent to the SEC. Yes, at that point, the SEC will put in this new rule and abolish the, the, the legal obligation of having these shares in these transfer agents and say, look, it could be in the blockchain, and they may pick one. I, saying, I don't know which one. It could be Ethereum, could be Stellar, one of them, and off you go.
0: Very interesting. So potentially very disruptive, huh?
1: It could be. Now, unfortunately for the listeners, is the process I just outlined is not easy. It takes <laughs> many, many years and it's a lot of work. So the industry right now is preferring to cheat and, and not follow those rules because it's easier. But in the end of the day, it's not a, a, a good plan because it's not long term. It's, it's, it's not sustainable. So right now, today, without painting the future 10 years from now, it is uh, the it's still old school, but not so old because now you can have the shares in book entry. And that is a huge idea. And the idea of book entry is that you don't deliver physical paper stock certificates. You're literally, it's like sa- sending someone an email that says, you own 500 shares of my company. Congratulations, that's all you have to do. It's unbelievable.
0: Wow, very interesting. What is the state of the security token industry today? You know, how much traction is there and do we have any fully licensed and functioning um, uh, exchange up and running?
1: Well, that's a great question. Okay, so you know, I've been spending a lot of time in this. I write a lot of articles about it in my, on my blog. And I, I'm putting together another summit on October 19th to talk about it. I have the former chairman of the SEC speaking, Chris Cox, and a lot of amazing people. But the point I want to make is this. Today, there are some companies who are out there saying that they received the, the go-ahead from FINRA as a broker-dealer and as an alternative trading system, which is also called an ATS in the lingo of, of the industry, to trade security tokens. Now, how they do it is still a mystery. There are companies out there that are offering what they call smart contracts that are designed to manage the process of buying and selling these securities using cryptocurrencies. However, as an operational, uh, working today, where you can literally go in and sign up an account and trade uh, using tokens in in a legal way, which is a broker dealer. That I have not seen in functioning right now.
0: Interesting, but there are a good number of companies gearing up to to get this done in the next couple of years. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so the rumors are twelve companies, including ourselves, that are lined up uh, with Finra and the SEC. So Finra is a regulator that was put in place by the SEC with the purpose of supervising members. And what a member is is a broker-dealer or funding portal. Those are members. And when you put together a new application to to get an alternative trading system in place you need to file with the sec and the sec looks at it and says, great well what 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 does finra say so finra is going to do the, the heavy lifting to decide whether you are a good actor and you should get that approval license you should get that license to operate as a broker dealer and operate an alternative trading system now if your past is complicated and you have had financial fraud, or you've engaged in financial fraud, even though you haven't been, uh, you know, prosecuted yet, that will probably disqualify you from from running one of those entities.
0: Interesting. You know, this whole um, discussion around licensed exchanges and alternative trading systems for tokens, it's Right now, still a very U.S.-based discussion. What's the temperature in the rest of the world?
1: Well, it turns out the word exchange is a little complicated, uh, Amy, because there are only 20 exchanges in our country, The NASDAQ, New York Stock Exchange is an example. Uh, the ATSs cannot call themselves exchanges. They have to call themselves trading systems, platforms, mm-hmm. you know? and you can't list tokens on them. You have to post them or you have to subscribe to them. It's kind of complicated nomenclature. Anyway, put that aside. um, All those companies that are calling themselves exchanges may have to change their name. Anyway, the other countries, if you look at Japan, for example, they actually have a pretty sophisticated licensing system. There are rumors that in order to get a license, you you need to spend $65 million in Japan to be able to uh, operate one of those trading platforms. Uh, China has banned them. Uh, Korea is is talking about um, putting the licenses in place. You don't hear that much from Europe, even though Europe typically follows what the SEC does. So is Canada. Um, South America have no idea what their position is. Uh, but I would say, you know, the largest um, exchange is Binance. It's in Hong Kong and now they're moving to Malta as a jurisdiction. So it's unclear really what's gonna go outside of the US, but what's very clear inside of the US is that this marketplace is gonna get regulated pretty quickly.
0: And you're you're thinking it's gonna get regulated globally, not just US,
1: right? Well, typically every country has their own SEC. So if you're a tiny country like Malta or Gibraltar or Grand Cayman Islands, your SEC is small because you're a small country and, and the rules mm-hmm. are, are not always the same as the U.S. But the large countries, when you take Japan, uh, China, for example, or Europe as a European community, they have some very tough enforcers. I mean, they, they you know, like in France, it's called the COB. And they are tough, and their laws are very strict and, they're, and they' and and it's meaningful.
0: Very interesting. Let's talk about um, exchanges for a second, whether they are ones that hold security tokens or you know these so-called theoretical utility tokens. You know, um, nowadays we are hearing that it takes millions of dollars. I've heard three, I've heard five you know, million to get listed on, uh, an exchange like platform like finance, um, outside of, you know, getting licensure from whatever the regulated entities are. What do you think are the biggest issues for exchanges today?
1: You mean in the U S or, or outside of the U S either way? well, I think the, the, those companies, those websites are, um, they're not gonna put a token that is, that the person who's issued them believes is a security. They won't put it on there. So if you go in and say, hey, great news, I used uh, regulation D-506C, and I issued uh, to a hundred people, uh, one million tokens and their securities, um, that means those websites are not going to put them on there. I don't, even if you pay five million, they they, don't, they won't care. It's just not going to go on there.
0: So, so that brings an interesting question, right? You've got these ICOs from 2017 that, uh, you know, went out and raised funds in a way, not compliant with securities laws. So not security tokens. They claim that they're utility tokens Um, and so they're pretty much at least, you know, unless they find some avenue of of reframing that or or curing that, they're pretty much relegated to things like Binance. You've got today uh, STO offerings going out saying, hey, we are securities and some of them say we're securities forever. Others say, hey, we're coming out as a security, but one day we might become a non-security token. Who's going to make that determination of what kind of platform you can get listed on and you know, when you uh, are considered a security or non-security?
1: Well, that, that's a great question. So to the extent that you issued securities, to investors, then those tokens or issued as securities will trade on alternative trading systems, which are broker dealers in the United States. They probably will trade in other jurisdictions, but that is yet to be determined by the regulators in their own country. Cause it's not so it's like, imagine, you know, you are a large company in Europe and you want to sell those shares in the United States. It's not that simple, by the way. It's actually complicated because first of all, who is selling the company directly to an end user? I don't think so. So it goes through a broker dealer in Europe. The broker dealer in Europe makes a deal with a broker dealer in the United States, finds a, a wealthy client and makes the trade. Okay, that's possible. But if you want to do it on a global basis with lots of liquidity, lots of trades, It's possible, but it's going to be very complicated, mainly because the laws, security laws, are different in every country. We are lucky that in the United States, using regulation A-plus and regulation crowdfunding, you can sell to the general public. That's not the case in other countries.
0: Very interesting. Um, Okay, so last question. What is your one wish for the Security token, or tokenized securities industry?
1: Well, my wish is that the regulators actually do what they say they will do, which is make sure Mm -hmm. that companies follow the laws and the rules, and the people who trade them follow the laws and the rules, because it will be very hard for the marketplace and the, the securities industry to compete. And on a level playing field, if on one hand you have all these companies who are doing whatever they want, no regulation, no supervision, and the cost for them is lower because they don't have to have a chief compliance officer. If there's a pump and dump, oh great, let's take it, more revenue for us. But in the securities industry, you can't do that. You have to supervise what everybody's doing, including when there's a pump. Shut down, the, the, you know, halt the stock. You know, halt it. Don't let it, it be manipulated and um, my wish is uh, my hope is that um, yeah that the regulators come in allow new companies to come in and and under their supervision do the right thing and then the market is a level playing field for everybody to participate and compete
0: great fantastic everybody that's howard marks howard how can our uh, listeners follow and find you
1: well i'm i have a blog at howardmarks.com my twitter is at howardmarks so it makes it very easy you can also check out our company at startengine.com
0: fantastic um thank you thank you so much for joining the show